Blog Talk Radio. This is Jay Lethal, the undisputed champion of the wrestling world. John Sullivan. It's Babs Ayagbusi. Michael Thompson talking. It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. Jerry Rose. Psycho Killer, Kamasa Champa. This is Matt Blair. Thank you for listening to Sportscast Radio. Sportscast Radio. Welcome to Sportscast Radio. Hey, showtime. And they say that. And they say that. And they say that. Hey, what is up, ladies and gentlemen? It is September 17th, and is this Sportscast Radio? My God, Sportscast Radio. What's going on, man? We are rocking with you tonight. Elijah in the house with me, man, and we're, uh, is this the comeback train, sir? Let's hope so. We've been talking about it. We've We've been talking about it long enough. I'm hoping I don't do what I kept doing on WrestleCast last night. Where I have it set up now where my laptop is set up to the microphone because the way I reposition my computer, it just goofs with the sound. It doesn't work. So every time I try to do something on my laptop, I start moving my computer mouse to which nothing happens. And then I start getting confused and then I stop talking and then I lose my train of thought and realize that I'm not using the right thing. And so I started playing the standing eight count theme for a second. I was wondering (laughs) about that. You got a new sportscast theme. That, that's the one that uh, I think Jordan and Tommy were using. I I panicked and went, oh, I don't know where ours went, so I just hit that one oh. instead of uh, Bad Boy for Life. <laughs> <laughs> I, there is some stuff on here I do not remember. Um, don't want to make this too crazy impromptu, and I apologize for anyone that's hearing this on demand and not live. I forgot to advertise this on Facebook and Twitter, but we'll, we'll get to you guys to the notifications. <laughs> but just, just I'm just gonna. No, no, it's, it's, it's all. I, I, I built the episode. I failed miserably. But I want to see what the heck this clip is. It says, F A intro. I, I'm guessing it's a free agent thing, and I apologize that I'm just playing sound on the radio. But I'm really intrigued by this. So give me a second, and if it's really bad and terrible, we'll just end it right away. One second. Let's see what this is. Jay Lethal V. Oh, I guess this is Jay Lethal V. Undisputed champion. So we'll cue that in the background first. And, um, Bad Black oh, Goosey. Bad Black Goosey. Regular Bad NXT Black superstar now. <laughs> right, let's see here. What is this? Radio. Sportscast Radio. Right, Welcome to Sportscast Radio. Why is their first choice and Kyrie is their second Closest choice? Closest approximation to Kyrie Irving in the world is Kemba Walker. This is the latest Rose Bob. <laughs> Jimmy Butler cares. Jimmy Butler's going to show up when it works. That's what he does. Uh, Why would you go anywhere else? Stay your behind in Philadelphia. Denver is really the team you gotta watch. The Utah they can bounce back. The Lakers. <laughs> I remember what that was though. Sorry for getting random, but I was like, what in the world? We got a bunch of fun <laughs> to talk to you guys. Uh week two of the NFL season went down, wrapped up yesterday. We'll get into that. I cannot yeah. wait to go over uh, the top 100 NBA players for the 2020 season that Sports Illustrated has released. Uh, I want to talk some baseball as the playoffs are coming up here. We've got about 10 or 11 games, a lot of boxing to get into as well. I do have a full-on set of Uber facts in case anybody decides to call in. one 857 1060 wants to play. We'll do that in about an hour. 
Otherwise, if uh, any of our uh, other strong style media members want to get involved, I got four good ones. I'm pretty excited by these. I might be a little rusty, so I apologize. And we may just play it with just the two of us if we have to, because I don't want them to go to waste if I don't need to. But um, wasn't there a major know, Game of Thrones one uber fact in there that? Yeah. You're hoping to stump me with. Yep, that was part of the reason I wanted to do it because uh, I I think uh, I think it's one of those ones where I, everyone overthinks it and I get somebody with something else, but we'll see what happens with it. Um. I think, I think just because of how egregious it is, and I think the NFL is going to take well because I got a few other complaints I started talking about tonight, and I know boxing is going to probably be an entire hour. Let's go right into this top 100 list because okay. I want I want to pick your brain. What I want to do is we're going to do like a mini game style, a mini version of we're, let's let's get right let's let's keep it man let's keep it simple. You know you know what we're going to do right now here, Elijah. We don't even need to play the full thing. Let's do a quick mini impromptu game of three strikes that I was not expecting. But I want to see if you can give me. I'll give you. I'll give you three chances here, and I want to do the top fifteen. I know it's not a full normal top ten, but I want to see how many of the top fifteen you can nail. Um, Oh, so go ahead when you're ready. Okay. Brown James. Okay, he's Steph number Curry. three. Steph Curry's number four. Um, God, I'm going to like totally suck at this right now because it's kind of – I'm so bad on the spot. Um, <laughs> I believe in you. I believe in you. Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, uh, that is strike one. What? He's not going to play next are, are year. They, are, oh, my God. All right, Russell Westbrook. Okay, Russell Westbrook is number 12. Ooh. Uh, let's see here. I, I, I believe Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is number six. Let's go. We're moving uh, through here. I like it. Keep keep this momentum going, good sir. Uh, Joel Embiid, Giannis. Joel Embiid is number seven. Giannis is number one. Um, how many more do I have left? You're missing number two, eight, nine, ten, eleven, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. So you got almost half. Jeez. Um, come on, come on. You are, you are a guru. You are a guru. I'm not, I'm not as sharp as I used to be. <laughs> um, think players that move to new teams. Oh, Kyrie Irving. Uh, Kyrie Irving is number fifteen. Um. Uh, Man, I may I may have to buzz you on this, and then you it, might have to. All right, I'll give Bradley you a hint. Beal. Uh, Bradley Beal did not move teams. That is a second strike. Uh, who is who is my not? Who do I not like as a Lakers fan? What what team would that be? And who did they get? Um. And oh, James Harden. James Harden's got to be. James Harden is number five. He is number five. 
Um, Elijah, you have gotten rusty, my friend. I know. Um, I'm going to give you the answers here. Number two, Kawhi Leonard, L.A. Clippers. Oh, God, I can't believe I couldn't think of that. <laughs> Number eight, Nuggets. What do you think? Nuggets. Oh, Jokic. Yeah, Nikolai Jokic. Number nine, team, team I can't cheer for, Clippers, Paul George. Yeah. Number 10, Dame Lillard. Uh, yeah. I'm going to skip number 11. Uh, number 13, which I'm surprised you didn't say, Carl Anthony Towns, hometown. I didn't I didn't think they would put him in the top, like, just because they're kind of weird about that. Like, people are kind of weird about Carl Anthony Towns. They try and use, like, his team, like, not having success against him as being a good player. So I didn't think he would even be in their top 15. Uh, number 14, Defense Player of the Year, I think two years running. Rudy Gobert. Wow, that's a surprise. And number 11, the new player on the Miami Heat, Jimmy Butler, is ahead of Westbrook, Towns, Gobert, and Irving. That's a surprise, too. I didn't even know if he would even be in the top 15. I thought he would be, like, towards the end or, like, close to it, but not quite in it. (laughs) That blew my mind. So some other ones that... I think either are, I guess, I guess the question being, is this, is this too low? Is this too high? Or is this right where they should be? Um, so I was, so 16 and 17, we got LaMarcus Aldridge and Draymond Green. Number 18, Al Horford, new 76er. What do you think of that? A little high, but I mean, I don't, I didn't, really pay att- too much attention to him last year. I know he's still pretty good on defense and scores a little bit. So, What I think I mean, was pretty low, too, Blake Griffin, 19th. I think he got, it should be a lot higher after last year how well he did. Yeah. He's kind of turned He's turned his game around. He's gotten to be like a more multifaceted, like kind of all-around player. Um, what, a couple that surprised me. Um, number 30, they had Luka. Above, the couple before Luka Doncic, Donovan Mitchell, Kyle Lowry, and Chris Middleton. I don't know if I agree with that. I mean, Luka is – he's one of those guys where I think when I look at it, I, I can kind of say I think this dude's going to be something special for a decade. Like, yeah. with, the, with the facet. Like, Ben Simmons at 23, I'm cool with that because he's kind of like the Doncic to me where – He's a guy who can play so many positions and do so many things that I think he's going to be very, very active and valuable for a while. I just, yeah, I don't once know he if gets a jump shot. Once he gets, yeah. Once he gets a jump shot, he'll probably be unstoppable. Like once he learns, if he ever learns how to shoot. Do you think Jason Tatum at 35 is too high? Hmm. I think I mean, he didn't show up in the playoffs. He didn't do no, anything in the USA. I think it's okay. I mean, he his stock has probably dropped a little bit though. He's like this last year, I don't think it, people are thinking as highly of him as they were like after his rookie year. But I don't. Know, I think thirty-five is pretty pretty decent for him. Who would you rather right. have? Clint Capella or Steven Adams? Clint Capella. 
Who would you rather have, Clint Capella or Miles Turner? Uh, Capella. Who would you rather have, Clint Capella or Derek Favors? Clint Capella. Well, Clint Capella is behind all of those. Uh, Steven Adams is 40. Miles Turner, 47. Derek Favors, 55. Clint Capella, 56. Wow. The only guy that I think I would entertain take, taking over Capella is probably uh, Miles Turner, but that's surprising. Yeah, that's fun. like uh, They have Eric Bledsoe, Gary Harris, um, Buddy Heald all over Clint Capella. Paul Millsap, Marcus Gasol, all over Glenn Capella. Very surprised by that. They have Gordon Hayward over Aaron Gordon. Wow. Um, maybe they're, some pro- of the maybe other they're ones, projecting what they think the player will yeah. do this year. Um, Rocco, 64th. That's kind of cool to see. Yeah. I know, like, Kimball's uh, had a few guys like Covington. Uh, Wiggins was 100, I think. Covington was 67. Jeff Teague was like in the 80s, if I remember correctly. Yeah, Rocco was 64, Teague was 87, and Wiggins was 100. I don't, I don't know if I put Wiggins even on the list, but that's okay. I'm not mad. More notoriety <laughs> for us is a good thing. Um, yeah. Let me, let me ask you this. Let's rank the Chicago Bulls here. Zach Levine, Lori Markkinen, Otto Porter, Thad Young, all four made the list. How do you rate? How do you rank those four? Um, let's see here. Levine, I probably would put like in the fifties. So, like, is Levine one out of those four? Oh, are you saying okay? I would say Levine. Like, right now, I would say Levine is number one, but I think Markkinen will eventually be better than him. So, so you're going Mark- Levine, Marketing. You go Porter and uh, Thad Young third. I'll probably go Porter and then Thad Young. All right. Uh, Otto Porter was 57. Thaddeus Young was 70. Laurie Marketing was 75. Zach Levine was 90. Wow. They have Al Farouk Amino over Zach Levine. That's very interesting. <laughs> uh, Harris, some, these are some of the people that are ahead of Zach Levine. Karis LeVert, Josh Richardson, Harrison Barnes, Ricky Rubio, P.J. Tucker, Damata Sabonis, uh, Serge Ibaka, Jaron Jackson Jr., Jeff Teague, Andre Iguodala, Jonas Valanciunas, uh, Brooke Lopez, Joe Ingles, Jalen Brown, I mean, I could how... see like I could see like Jay, I could see Jalen Brown, um, Karis LeVert, um, who's the other guy, the other um, the other like guard swingman type player. So it's Karis LeVert, Jalen Brown. I was okay um, with Harrison Joe Barnes. Harrison Barnes. Yep. Like I would put I would put all those guys like slightly above Levine just because they're to me they're better two way players. Yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't too mad about Joe Ingles. I wasn't too mad about um, about P.J. Tucker just because of his defense. But, like, how how do you have – like, here, here's the guys behind Zach Levine. Derek White, Spencer Dinwiddie, Bam Adebayo, DeJounte Murray, Joe Harris, Cal Kuzma, Jarrett Allen, DeAndre Jordan, Terrence Ross, and Andrew Wiggins. 
So, like, those are the only guys that they thought he – and how is Kyle Kuzma – I'm not trying to be a homer here, but Kyle Kuzma, 96? You're taking Bam out of bio over Kyle Kuzma? I don't know, man. This list is ridiculous. I, I Kevin Love at 41 still? <laughs> like, how is Kevin Love above Tobias Harris? I don't know. Are they smoking crack? Like, how is... I, I who would, would you rather have Kevin Love or Danilo Gallinari? Ooh, that's a that's a that's a close one. I think I would still. They both like miss games. It's kind of hard. Like that's a really that's a really hard one for me. I guess I'm going Gallo because he's cheaper. Yeah, he I probably would take Gallo. Would you yeah, take? I would, um, would you take Kevin Love or newly signed Utah Jazz Boyan Bogdanovich? Probably uh, Boyan. Especially after what he did last year with Indiana. Well, um, one more for you, or two more for you. Would you rather have Kevin Love or would you rather have Lou Williams? Um. Lou Williams probably. And then the one like if that Kevin, if to... Kevin Love's contract was different. Yeah, that's a I would good probably, point. I would probably say yes to him over a lot of these guys, but I don't, I don't know if he's worth his contract anymore, especially being that he's getting older and then he just he gets injured a lot still. And and, and a guy that we just kind of talked about on some of these things too. Would you rather have Kevin Love or Clint Capella? Clint Capella. Yeah, Clint Capella is fifteen spots lower than him. I have no idea. What on earth they were thinking for 30, 40% of this list. It, 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 I know he's never played a game, but if you're, if it's, if it's due out of projections, do you mean to put, you mean to tell me you're not putting Zion in the top 100? Yeah, that's, that's a good point. I mean, if you're, if you're projecting, like you said, well, maybe they're just projecting things. So you mean to tell me next year Derek White is going to have a better season than Zion Williamson? Hell no. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, if I'm wrong, okay, I'll eat the crow, but I don't, I don't, I just don't see this list. Like, I, like, I looked at the first, four or five. And I was like, you know, this isn't bad. I'm cool. If you want to go Giannis, Kawhi, LeBron, Curry, Harden, I'm not going to fight you about that. That's totally cool. Anthony Davis. Cool. I'm fine with that. I think I would have put Jokic over Embiid, but that's just personal preference because of his passing and his shooting depends what kind of team you run, but I'm not going to fight you on either. Paul George at nine. Oh, okay. I, I guess he doesn't win any, you know, but you know, whatever. And Dave Lillard, I think should have been, I would have put Lillard over George, but then when you hit 11 with Jimmy Butler, it just kind of goes down. It's yeah. like, it, it's coming very just out of left field. Like, I don't know, man. Do you, would you still consider Mike Conley the 26th best player in the league? Hmm. Would you rather have Mike Conley or Darren Fox? Probably, I'd probably rather have youth, so I'd probably rather have Fox at this point. 
Would you rather have Devin Booker or Mike Conley? Devin Booker. Like, I just would you rather have Mike Conley or Jamal Murray? Uh, Murray. Yeah, like Murray's twelve spots lower, and I'm not mad. I I like Mike Conley. I think he's going to be a great addition to Utah, but I think he's going to look good because of the team. How what? Like Utah, I think low key could be that one team where everybody's projecting who's going to come away with the West. You know, Lakers, is it Clippers? Can Houston coexist? Are they going to be the ones to run it? Can Portland make that run again? Is Denver good enough to do what they did last time? You know, I don't think anyone realizes that Utah's like, hey, man, hold my beer. We're pretty yeah. good. We're going to show yeah. you guys that we're – I mean, that dude, that starting five, Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, Joe Ingles, Boyan Bogdanovich, and Rudy Gobert – that is a hell. That's pretty. Of starting five. That's a good. Yeah. And it's it's no ego. Like these are all guys who aren't super superstars. You know, there's some there's stars on that team. I think I think you could say Colbert's a borderline superstar, but all those yeah. guys are gonna have something to prove. And it, they low key might just suddenly sneak out and go, hey man, you know, Golden State took that step back. We're gonna sneak in and be that new team. Yeah. And if they can click together. <laughs> they could be, They'll be tough, making man. some sweet music. <laughs> so I just I wanted to go over that list with you. I just I don't know, man. I I don't know how much I can agree on a lot of that, but it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, I think Zach Levine might be so low just because of like his defensive deficiencies and his like um, just taking bad shots and being deficient on defense. I think that's why he might be so low, even though he probably is one of the more talented, like offensive players in the NBA. Oh, he, he averaged like twenty-three points a game. How is he the ninetieth best players? Uh, yeah. Like that's. I think that's what blows my mind so much. Is like. He, he he was like doing like crazy good at the end there. He started showing yeah. that you know maybe he he should have been the one we should have kept. Maybe we should have. I like I think we should have gave him Wiggins instead of him. I don't know if they would have took him, but I think it might have been better for us. Yeah. So I don't know, man. I I just little 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 crazy looking at some of these lists. Um. Uh, this, this, this. Uh, I didn't realize this too. Uh, Mike, Mike Ostremski, uh the uh, San Francisco Giants outfielder, playing in the same Fenway Park since Carl Yastrzemski. Uh Homer's in his first game. It's pretty tight. I'll take that. It is tight. Kind of a little, little uh, feat. And same day, uh, the Biggios now the second father-son doing a hit for the cycle. So we saw some. Uh, some lineage coming to play here <laughs> as we go. That's uh, so let's kind of go over the NFL here. Um, you know, where do you want to start? Week two NFL. Where do oh, you want to man. go? <laughs> do we have Do we have to start with the Vikings? No, we can start. You want to start with the Niners banging the Bengals forty one seventeen? I mean, we can go there if you'd rather. Matt Breida putting how, up 121 career high. How about the the quarterback injuries? 
Oh my gosh. Breeze out six weeks. Roethlisberger out for the year. Trevor Simeon out for the year. They're yeah. just dropping like flies. Sam Darnold still's got mono. Sam Darnold's like said my body shut down like after the first game. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just I, I can't believe how many injuries there are. Like this is yeah. this is not normal. No. Oh, Nick Foles is out. Yep, Nick Foles. Welcome to the welcome to the Jaguars. <laughs> didn't didn't um uh, I felt like somebody else would I mean obviously the Andrew Luck retirement happened. Um Eli's getting benched now after two games. Yep. I don't know if that's the right move. Like is that is that just overdoing it? I don't know. Oh, they're um, in tank mode, man. Like they're not gonna win many games. They might as well just See what they got in Jones. Honestly, I hope we um, I hope we get. It to was see a good run, Eli. Like in the in the practice that one time. Oh God! <laughs> you know, this is also, I think, been the year of just like the breakout. Like Demarcus Robinson put up 172 and two touchdowns for the uh, for Kansas City. Uh, you know, another standout showing that. Mahomes could be Aaron Rodgers where he's just going to make everybody look good. Um, yeah. You you look at uh, Jacksonville almost beats the Texans behind Gardner Minshew. Oh, Minshew Ooh. played good. Like he's played good. The first, he played pretty good the first game when he came in. He played good against the Texans. Like he's he's looked decent. Um, what about that cat on the on the the Redskins? Um, Oh, I can't remember his name, but McLaurin, the receiver. Yeah, he, yeah, he's got yeah. multiple touchdowns in each game. Yeah, like this is um, just kind of Hollywood a Brown. Start. Yep, Hollywood Brown's killing it. Yep, I mean T- Tyler Boyd and John Ross are making Andy Dalton look like a real quarterback again. Yep. There is just some weird stuff going on in the NFL right now. Weird stuff. So, yeah. I don't know. Like, let, let me ask you this. We're we're in a spot where I think we could see a first in the NFL. And I want to get your – if you had a bet in Vegas, what do you think is the more likely scenario? Patriots go 16-0 and again, or the Dolphins go 0-16, or both? Dolphins go 0-16. Do you think – do you think New England can, is going to pull this off? No. I know it's like, so early to say. I don't – I mean, I don't think they will. Not saying that they can't, but I think it's easier to lose 16 games than it is to win 16 games. So, yeah. Um, if you look at going back to last season, they held the Rams to three points, they held the Steelers to three, and the Dolphins to zero. So in the last three meaningful games, uh, they've only allowed six points. I know it's going over the course of two seasons, but, you know, just for the sake of throwing facts. And, like, dude, this this is, like, the most cake thing I've ever witnessed. Like, Okay, next week, Patriots at home against the Jets. Can the Jets beat them? No. At Buffalo? No. 
at Washington. No. At home against the Giants. Hell no. At the Jets. After having 11 days off. No. They're going to be a their Thursday against the Giants at home, and then they're uh, uh, the Monday night the following week, so they get 11 days off. And and they're at home against the Giants, and they just travel to the Jets, so they don't even have to go anywhere. And this is after playing in Washington, so they're almost in the same spot. Um, and at like they, they don't move for like the next five weeks. Then they're at home against the Browns. Maybe. You think the Browns might upset on the road? Okay, that's one. So we have one maybe. Okay, here here might be the first test I could see at Baltimore. That's a very po- very good possibility, but the track record for Belichick and the Patriots when they play like like high powered offenses, they always seem to figure out how to shut them down. So that's true. Yeah, that the Rams. A, that three is points. that is a game that that is a game that could be could be upset watch, but I just feel like games like that is when they usually always are like on their like top, like they games that like that, that they need to win and they're facing like a hot opponent coming in possibly. And like a really talented team, they usually always kind of seem to play really well in those games. Um, then they have their bye week. So they come back from the bye and go to, go to Philly uh, I'm going to say probably not, but I'll say they'll win that one. Then they're at home against the Cowboys. That could be a – Cowboys could be an upset game. Okay, so, that's, so we got two road teams coming in. Then they're at Houston. Uh, they'll win. I, I would say no. I'm going to skip the next game. Then at Cincinnati. I would go no again. And then they close the season at home against the Bills and the Dolphins. 9-9. So we have a, a potential upset loss at home to both, or the Browns or the Cowboys. December 8th, the three twenty-five game, Patriots at home against the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, man. God. I don't want to keep picking home games for upsets. But that's a tough I, I game. Think they're, I think they're I, that's a tough game, but I think their offense is just too good for the Chiefs' defense, and I think that, that I think that they would win that game just because they probably they would be able to out they would be able to outscore the Chiefs. If I was guessing so, on someone to get us like a big stop in that game, it would be New England. Getting getting a big stop and the Chiefs not being able to get the get a big stop. So you let get me what I'm saying. This, yeah, no, 100. percent And I'm glad you said that because that poses to the next question. You 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 kind of said that that Kansas City might be a literal little vulnerable defensively with trying to, you know, actually stand up and be able to do something with with that team. Um, I I get that. I. I I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with it because they're. I mean, their defense struggled. You know, Oakland was doing a couple things. Um, Rashad Breeland and uh, Chavarius Ward. They got Kendall Fuller. They got Tyron Massey. They got Juan Thornhill. So I mean, not a lot of who's who for your, your secondary. Reggie Ragland in the middle is kind of nice. 
um, Alex Okafor in the end. So, I mean, you're right. There's a lot of issues that could happen. But what if they correct that issue? We saw Doug Marone get into a huge fight with Jalen Ramsey. What if they pull the Khalil Mack and they get Jalen Ramsey on the Chiefs? That could be huge for them. Then that that would be a, that would be more of a you know this could be that could be that could be an upset if that happens. But they I need I really think just like I said I I I was I said I really think A B goes to the Patriots. I think there's a good shot that Jalen Ramsey if he gets moved before the deadline he's he may go to Kansas City. I really do. Yeah, I mean that. They need they need a they need a D back, and they will be in the market for one. I just I don't know what they would have to give up though. I mean, if you're the Chiefs, I'd give up a first and a third. Why not? Yeah, you're getting. I mean, yeah, last year he got a little beat on a little bit, but it's also because they trusted him to kind of be Revis Island 2.0, and they just left him alone against top receivers where I don't care how good you are as a quarterback, you know, receivers are going to have a little bit of an advantage. It is what it is, but he's one of those guys where he could get burned a couple times and you don't worry about him and you still leave him out there. No, they I'm lost like... to new England last year to go to the super bowl. They play him again, December 8th. They may play him to go to the super bowl again. That's the weapon that I think they need to counteract new England, but go ahead with your point. Yeah. Going on here. Oh no! Like I was just gonna say, like I'm not saying if I'm the Chiefs, I wouldn't do what it takes to get them. But I'm just wondering, like what what they what they would have to give up because you know first and first and second or first and third. Like what other player would they have to give up to get him? Well, I mean, I guess it matters if they have the salary to absorb him. Then I guess it doesn't yeah. matter. He's still on rookie deal, his rookie deal, I believe. So I don't think. Wow, let me see. Kansas, Kansas City Chiefs uh, salary cap. So if we look at their salary cap, um, uh, let's go to overthecap.com see what they have. Um, right now, set an injury reserve practice squad dead money. They have $16 million of dead money. Um, they have $22 million in cap space right now. So they could absorb them if they really yeah. wanted to. Um, if we were to pull up Jacksonville, um, Jalen Ramsey would be, what's his cap number? His cap number is only $7.4 million. So, I mean, they could bring him in and extend him. Yeah. So I don't know, man. I think this is the move. If you, I mean, look at look at uh, I get, here's here's the hard market. So let's let's look up Cleo Mack trade. Let's let's see what what I can't remember everything they got in the trade. The Bears gave up a first first in twenty nineteen and twenty twenty, a third in twenty twenty, and it's twenty nineteen six. Um, so a first and a sixth this year, and a first and a third next year. They they also got a second and a fifth with Mac. Mm. So two first, a third, and a sixth for a second, fifth, and Khalil Mack. But let's also look at the Laramie Tunsil. Laramie Tunsil trade here. Um, Texans traded 
they got they got Larry Tunsil, Kenny Stills. They gave up. Of course, they got a pop up. Uh, let's see, two first round picks and a second rounder. So they gave up less and got got Larry Tunsil, which is is a big need as as a left tackle. So I mean, the market. Oh, I got a pop up or something there. Um, I don't know. Do you think Jalen Ramsey commands more? more than Cleo Mack does trade value wise. Probably not. Especially no. especially after what happened with uh, you know, his supposed the supposed tussle with uh with the coach there. Yeah. Um I don't think I don't think that would scare too many teams off. I don't think that would tank his value. I just don't think his value like as a player is quite as high as Max. Um, how much do you impact Mika Fitzpatrick getting a first rounder? I was surprised that Jalen he got Ramsey. a first rounder. I mean, like that's that that's huge for the trade market for Jalen Ramsey because Fitzpatrick, you know, is, is a good young player, but he's definitely not not as good as Ramsey, and he, they were able to get a first for him. Like that definitely will help out Jacksonville to get more more for sure. Ramsey. You boil it down. If you're Kansas City, what are you willing to give up for him? Like, how much does he make that big of an impact that he could change your future for this season and maybe going forward? Like, what is it worth to you? Like a first and, like, maybe a second or a third. I don't know, like, what player we would have to throw in, but I don't know if I would give up a player like Damian Williams or Ty- Tyreek Hill or um, Tyron Matthew. I don't. I would like. I don't know. I'd re- have to really think about it, but I definitely would give up a couple of draft picks for him. So apparently, one one NFC team has apparently offered a 2021st and a 2021 fifth. Well, one AFC team has offered a 2021st along with a player. Um, it looks like the Jaguars are asking for at least a first round, at least one. Mm. Doesn't say could what that, the teams are. Could that NFC team be... You know who? Are the Minnesota Vikings? <laughs> oh, man. I, boy, that'd be nice. Wouldn't that be fantastic? Oh, here! Wow, apparently, uh, apparently, I'm already getting catfished, or um, or spammed, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, this broke one hour ago. NBCSports.com. Jason Lacanfora. He's got a blue check mark, so I trust him. There is yeah, Lacanfora is a Lock good. Uh, there you go. Yeah, he's 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 pretty pretty uh, in the know. So. Um, Guys, just so you're aware, I, I haven't looked at the internet. Uh, I just believe that everything we say comes into fruition. There is a strong sentiment among many NFL GMs that the Chiefs will emerge as a primary suitor for Jalen Ramsey. They are all in to win now, have embraced difficult players, have a big need at corner. Could their secondary hold up versus New England in January? What about with Ramsey? Apparently, uh, I could predict the future or – 
I, I knew that that was going to happen because that's literally almost everything I just said. Tyreek Hill even retweeted it and says, at Jalen Ramsey, let's go. Wow. <laughs> well, I, uh, once again, I can promise you that I uh, did not know that that was happening. Uh, <laughs> I can swear to you that I did not know that that was a real thing. But it, it just it, it's what makes the most sense to me. It's exactly what I thought about the Antonio Brown thing. Um, Complex has an article of the five teams that make the most sense to trade for Jalen Ramsey. Philadelphia, Seattle, Dallas, New England, which would be disgusting, and then Kansas City is the one. That would not be fair. So I don't know, man. I'm, I'm... I could 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 Kansas City and Dallas maybe be the true the two front runners then if we've got one from each. Um, trying to see anything else. This uh, this was about an hour and a half ago on ProFootballRumors.com. dot com. Um, I'm trying to see not to discuss GMs are on the way to think the Chiefs. That's that's kind of what I what I already mentioned. Um, Nothing really, nothing really as another team. Uh, just more about obviously the Laramie Tunsil thing added up a value. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, apparently there's teams offering picks. Like I said, I think Kansas City's the front runner. I think they're going to come away with this. I really do. Wow. I just it makes the most sense to me. If if your biggest counterpart is the New England Patriots, and they acquired Antonio Brown, who, if he does, if he stays out of trouble and plays all year, could have a chance to be Randy Moss, you know, nine years ago or whatever that was, uh, 20, 2010 or whatever the hell that, that year was, 28, 2008 or whatever. I don't remember how old it was. Um, it was a while ago. Let's go with that. You you need to have some sort of a counterpart. The, the biggest proprietor I can see to shutting down a guy like Antonio Brown in a big game like that is getting Jalen Ramsey. Yes. It's almost storybook like. Yeah. That would be. So, that would be insane. <laughs> so I mean, we kind of cut up a couple of those teams here. I wanted to ask uh, Jordan how it feels losing to uh, the Colts um, as a Titans fan. Um, as Marcus Mariota, 19 for 28, 154 yards and a touchdown, was the top quarterback of that game. And uh, they, they lost. So I, I hope he's not too. Yeah, Jacoby Brissett, 146, three touchdowns and a pick. He had a 29.1 QBR. Jacoby Brissett did? Yeah, and they beat the Titans. <laughs> so I wanted to ask Jordan if you remember the Titans after uh, when, they, when they rolled the Cowboys week one, how, uh, how it feels going week two. Jeez. So, <laughs> and now they're on a short week and they got to play uh, Mr. Uh, Gardner Me- uh, Menchu, Minshew on Thursday. <laughs> so let's see what happens there. Now, what were you going to ask me? Oh, I was going to say, he must have had a really low like completion percentage. Because he had three touchdowns? Uh, 17 for 28. Yeah, that's pretty low. Got sacked three times for 25 yards, and his passer rating was a 95. 5.2 yards per per, uh, play, too. 
But hey, kudos to Jacoby Brissett, man. That that him and Jimmy Garoppolo have such a hard, uh, like, all right, guys, have fun on your own now. Like they have such a long way to go, and I feel bad for the guys. You know, we kind of talked about that on the phone the other day. Like, you, you look like the you know the. The, the the high school quarterback and then a uh, captain of the team and then you go to a, a bad team who's like yeah we need you and then it's like uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> when, when you're like hey uh where's Julian Edelman and you get some guy cut up to you go hi I'm Chester Rogers hey I'm Jack Doyle <laughs> you're like oh okay cool I, hi I'm Mo Alley Cox I'm Dion Mo Alley <laughs> like like it's like wait a minute what about Naheem Hines. Yeah, I like Naheem Hines. I drafted him, too, and then I already cut him. He had two carries for nine yards. Not good. Jordan Wilkins, five carries, 82 yards. Marlon Mack, 20 carries, only 51. Jordan Wilkins averaged 16.4 yards a carry. Nice. Um, let's let's get into the, the one you don't want to talk about. It's kind of the next on the list, to be honest with you. Packers defeat the Vikings in Lambeau 21-16. They were at a hot start in the first quarter going up 14-0, then early 21-0. Uh, then they went up 16 unanswered. But the Vikings just could not get the job done. Kirk Cousins, 14 for 32, 230, and a touchdown, had two picks. And a couple overthrows in, into some really bad spots. Like when he yes. threw Kyle Rudolph, when he thought Rudolph was actually sitting in the third row of the end zone. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that game was like I would have I wouldn't have been so frustrated with it if we just got blown out. But yeah, like especially since like cousins, I felt like started coming on at the end of the half and then they came out of the tunnel in the second half. And I don't even know, like, did he even complete a pass in the second half? I don't know. I mean, I'm sure he did, but theoretically it's like, you know, Delvin Cook 20 carries 154 and a touchdown. I mean, Delvin was, was going hard, but you know, and then we miss it. We miss an extra point. We miss a field goal. That still would have been in a one point game. You know what? That call didn't happen on Delvin Cook with that, yeah. that block or the pass interference, whatever they called it, the hold doesn't matter. You know, that would have, that would have had the digs touchdown. <sighs> I mean, that would have been an extra four point. I mean, even with the digs touchdown with the missed field goal and the mixed extra point, we still lose, but then yeah. like the penalties, like just the penalties and penalties. Yeah. The offensive pass interference penalties. What do we get? Like four of those? It felt like. Oh my gosh! Like like... Uh, let me let me pull up their. Uh, let me pull up the stats here. Um, penalties. The New York, or the the New York, the Green Bay Packers six six flags for thirty five yards. Vikings eight flags for a hundred yards. Yeah. We like... we had a hundred penalty yards and four turnovers to their two. Had 15 touch the first downs to their 20, and, and all went still. Came, they had more possession by nine or eight minutes over us, and then we have 420 yards total to their 335. 
So we put up 86 more yards than them, too. I just, it's just, it's, man, it's just fresh. We went four for 13 on third down. Um, I just, it's hard, man. That was such a hard loss. And like you said, if we would have got rolled by like 15, it might not have been such a bad loss. Yeah, I mean, this is, I mean, I guess one silver line you can take out of it is that Bears, Packers, and Vikings are probably a lot closer than everyone thought they were. And they probably figured that the Bears would run away with the division this year, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's like a little silver lining, lining I guess, is that all three, all three teams at the top kind of look to not quite be at where everyone thinks they're going to be. And and let's like let's not forget too that you know we're tied for third place, second place, Detroit one zero and one. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not saying it's going to stand, but right now, I mean, Detroit's like, hey, don't forget about us. <laughs> yeah. You know, I want I want to look at this Viking schedule. And I want to kind of just run down this and see where, you know, not not too much overthinking, but if we had to just give a quick rundown, what, what do you think here going over these games at home against the Raiders? That W. Yeah, that should that should be a W. But we didn't lose at, the we didn't lose the Buffalo at home last year. Oh yeah, we lost. We got shut out by Buffalo at home. Um, but I'm with you. I, I, I think we can beat the Raiders. I think we come back. I think we do what we did to them like we played Atlanta. What do you think we do at Soldier Field? Is are they, is Trubisky going to get overwhelmed to the point that he just blows the game? Um, I think it's going to be a close game because of how bad Trubisky looked this year. But Kirk Cousins didn't look great against the Bears last year either, so probably going to come down to whose defense is better that game. I'm assuming it'll be very similar to the Packer game week one. Yeah. Um, But like, you know, one thing, one thing, and this kind of ties into something that I I was actually kind of, I mentioned this to Jen, who's a diehard Bears fan, and she actually agreed with me on this. But, you know, if if Bradley Chubb doesn't get called for that late hit on on Trubisky, which I have no idea why in the hell that was even called a late hit. They don't oh, get in position bad. to kick that field goal. They lose. They lose to Denver. You know, so yeah. now they're zero two going into going into our game, and you know it's it's always more. I mean, it could be trouble. We don't know. But then next week, Monday Night Football, they're in Washington. I don't. I'm not saying that's going to be like a cakewalk, but Washington's been playing a lot better than people think. So. Yeah. You know, there, there's a chance that we could have had the Bears week four in Soldier Field 0-3. Um, but, obviously, it's not that way. So, what do you think? Are we, we, we walking out of Soldier Field 3-1, and one, or are we going to stay at 500, 2-2? Two two? I'm going to base on what they did against the Bears last year, and they looked pretty bad against them last year. So, I'm going to say that's the L. All right. Then we're at the Giants. When? All right, that puts us over 500. Then we're at home against the Eagles. That should be a win at home. All right, at Detroit. Win. Then we go Thursday night at home against the Redskins. That should be a win. 
All right, so that puts us six and two at the midway point. Then we get the break because we played the Thursday night game. Then we're in Kansas City. Uh, I think I'm going to go L. Um, and then we go primetime Sunday night the next week at Dallas. I think they can beat Dallas. All right, that puts us at seven and three. And then we're at home against Denver. That should be a win. That's eight. At then the then we're we have the bye week and then it's Monday night. We are at the Seahawks. That'll probably be a loss. Yeah, so that puts us um what does that put us at? One, two, three. Do you say a win at Dallas or a loss? I said a win. Okay, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That gives us eight wins. One, two, three. So eight and four. Okay. At home against Detroit. Win. At San Diego. Sunday night football. That should be a win. All right. And then at home against Green Bay on Monday night. Win, and then we close up the season at home against the Bears, which we did last year. Probably a loss. So that's eleven and five. Yeah, I think that gets us not in the too, playoffs. Yeah, not too homerish. Yeah, I'm. There's a couple that scare me, but I mean, for the most part, until we see something completely unravel, I think we have a good chance of of salvaging this season. And, you know, it's, we're kind of like the, the Atlanta Falcons. Like, the Atlanta Falcons in even years are always really good, and then in odd years they're trash. Like, we're always seem yeah. to be good in these, like, odd years. Mm-hmm. Like, every other year we're good. So after last year, I feel like, all right, we can, uh, we can step forward and do something else here. Um, any other week two takeaways that you have? Um. I just I saw some funny stuff on Facebook where people were like, when the whole Jalen Ramsey thing came out, like just, man, people are so dumb sometimes. <laughs> like, oh yeah, let's 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 trade Kirk Cousins for Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, I don't know. How, people don't. How Luke that work? said that to you last night. Remember when he came? Yeah, how did that, the... how'd that work? Wouldn't. It wouldn't. It wouldn't, it wouldn't like, work at all. Like, no, like, Kirk, Kirk Cousins, like, track record is, like, terrible right now. He, many people feel like he makes way too much money, and he's coming off a pretty bad game, even though, like, the line wasn't the greatest. He still, you know, didn't do himself any favors with missing on throws and stuff. But, I mean, who... Who, like who, Jacksonville has a young, decent quarterback. Why, like, why do they need Kirk Cousins? And then people are saying Xavier Rhodes, and it's like Xavier Rhodes is clearly on the downside. He has a big contract, and they're just gonna trade the best, the best cornerback in the NFL for Xavier Rhodes. Yeah, I mean, I I could maybe see Rhodes in a first. Yeah, maybe, but Rhodes is like... Because uh, then you, you still get a cornerback to replace him, 
and you're getting a first round yeah. pick, which you want anyway. I don't think like I think you could do better, but do you think Xavier he, Rhodes is worth a second round draft pick? No, I w- I don't think I would give up. I think I like you need to start looking at like fourth, fifth, like round. Okay, like, so he has dropped in value. Okay, that's fair. Um, like I just and plus you think about the first round pick that you'd be getting in return. Yeah. Like. Like if 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 the Vikings were to add Jalen Ramsey to their defense, that would but, be insane. But if you're if you're trying to get a first round pick for him, wouldn't you rather get the Vikings first round pick than Kansas City's? I mean, like if it could go both ways, though. I mean, I don't know. Like if I'm Jacksonville, I don't know if I'm trading Ramsey to like any teams that are going to really benefit from getting Ramsey, like, that are going to be really good. You know what I mean? I'm probably trying to, to trade him to a team where I'm going to get, like, a first-round pick that's not going to be, like, in the 20s. Do you think there's any team that would even give something like that even up with how valuable draft picks are, though? Like, I, I almost think that you're going to be tied to getting a late pick. And if yeah. you're going to be tied to getting a late pick, would you rather try to get potentially the Super Bowl winning Chiefs 32, like the 32nd pick in like a fifth rounder next year? Or would you rather want the Vikings potential 29th, like they lose the championship, along with Xavier Rhodes? Yeah, I mean. Like I'm playing devil's advocate here for the Vikings. Oh, you know, the Vikings fan and us. Yeah. You know? I just, I don't think. I just don't think Rhodes has any trade value right now or Kirk Cousins. And then another thing about Kirk Cousins, too, is, like, if the Vikings are trade Kirk Cousins, who the fuck is going to play quarterback for us? Yeah, it, like, it, you'd be – like, that's the other thing. is like, I don't you'd agree be tanking, with it because I don't want Sean Mannion out there. No, and you'd be, you'd be essentially saying, okay, we're probably pretty much tanking the season now. Like, you know, no, yeah, our, like, our defense is going to be amazing, but our offense is probably going to be – Terrible. Like, the only way I would do something like that is if you were going to tell me that, that Jalen Ramsey is going to sign a five-year extension with us along with, with us giving him cousins. And then on top of it, you're also going to tell me right now that I'm going to get to that, that, you know, I, I think, I think Justin Herbert could be good. I think Tua could be good, but I'm not doing it unless you're going to tell me Trevor Lawrence is in the, the draft. So I yeah. essentially, I, I'll I'll give you Kirk Cousins and a first round pick. Oh no, I wouldn't even want to give up the first rounder because we'd be tanking. Okay, I'll give you a twenty twenty one first, not not next year's first, but I'll give you a twenty twenty one first and Kirk Cousins if Jalen Ramsey signs with an extension and I know that that Lawrence is leaving Clemson. That's the only way I would do that. Yeah. Because then that way I can come back with all my players signed with Jalen Ramsey under contract, and then. We'd have Trevor Lawrence, who I, I like. I I think Herbert and I think Tua are going to be good quarterbacks. Don't get me wrong; like I don't think they're going to be bad draft picks. But the more and more I see of Trevor Lawrence, he is built like how you would make a creative player in Madden for a quarterback. You know what I mean? He's yeah. long. He's he's like Peyton Manning, but with uh, with more wheels. With his, he's just got that big length chest. That you know, he, I would want him in my pocket. Like that's that's yeah. probably the only way I do it. 
you know, and if 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 you're going to tell me, well, you wouldn't get you wouldn't get Lawrence, you might get Tua or Herbert. Okay, well then you can have Cousins in a third. Yeah, but I'm not doing it, and 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 that's that's me still saying that I would be happy getting Tua or Herbert. I just the more and more I I, I see of Trevor Lawrence, I just I think he's going to be, I think he might be the mer- most sure quarterback coming in the league since Manning. And I, I might wow. be way over the hill saying that, but I don't know, man. And maybe it's just because Dabo Sweeney's such a good coach. And, yeah. you know, we, we're seeing what what uh, Watson can do in the NFL. So, like that, you know, that probably helps a little bit too. Um, and recent memory shows, you know, he beat Alabama. So we, we, we we're seeing them, you know, they, they should have been two and zero if, you know, the Texans blew that Saints game when they went prevent and gave Breeze enough time to just throw right the center for a Will Lutz 57 yarder. You know, yeah. why were they not playing closer? Man, I, feel like, the field I feel goal. like Deshaun Watson, I feel like Deshaun Watson is going to waste on that team. I like, think the team still could be good though, man. I mean, look at their receiving core. I know he's not what he used to be, but he, I mean, can you can you give me a better leader for a locker room than JJ Watt? I can't think of one. I mean, like I I I agree that this team is not what a lot of people thought they were going to become. I like I I do agree with that, but I mean, Carlos Hyde, Duke Johnson are very serviceable in your backfield. Hopkins, Fuller, Kiki Kati, I mean Kenny Stills. Like they got a lot of receivers. They they brought in Laramie Tunsil now to protect Deshaun Watson, so that was a clutch move. Yeah, there's he's still taking a beating, man. Like I just mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like he's going like he's just he's taking a beating unnecessary beating on that te- playing on that team, and it's not going to get him anywhere but a short career. You know what I think is is going to be the downfall to Deshaun Watson is if you're like I I don't mind if you want to scramble. You know we we've seen plenty of people do it. You know Newton does it or was doing it. You know we see Rodgers do it time to time. Lamar Jackson obviously at 120 yards last week. But the difference is look at it, look at how much Lamar Jackson adapted to the difference between college and NFL. Watson needs to do that. Watson needs to realize the difference between being able to do a fake, fake handoff and just run like he did at Clemson. And then he's playing big guys. Like, you know, he, he's, he tried to do, you know, play actions where he was running and he's running at Yannick and Gakwe. Like, what are you like that? You're not thinking if you're doing that. He still does take a lot of, like he gets hit in the pocket. A lot he does, still, even when he and I think take getting Tunsil helps. I mean, that's got to help a yeah. little bit when he figures out the system. But I mean, I agree. I, I mean, I agree with you. He's he's going to take an unnecessary beating. Um, it's hard, you know. Look what happened. To, Deshaun Watson reminds me a lot of Andrew Luck. You know, big guys can move, got a good arm, but they just got pounded. And I think that's. I think you're on the right track now. That the more I talk it out, yeah. You know, yeah. But it's just, yeah. It's crazy watching him play because he's so good. Like, he just the, like, throws that he makes, like, in crunch time are just ridiculous. And, and Houston's defense is still not bad. Whitney Marcellius is back there at linebacker with uh, Bernard, 
Benardrick McKinney. They got Watt and Reeder. Their secondary, albeit are getting up there in age, Jonathan Joseph, Sean Gibson, Bradley Roby, Justin Reed. So, like, you know, it, it's not perfect, but they have a pretty damn serviceable defense. Yeah. And their division is wide open now with Jacksonville losing Foles, with the Colts losing Luck, and the Titans, I mean, it, it kind of is what it is. They lost to Jacoby Brissett, who has not been a great NFL quarterback. You know, sure. I think he's a re- I mean, you know, I, I'd like to see him succeed, you know, post, post Belichick apocalypse, but Houston's got a great chance to get some easy wins and get to the playoffs unscathed a little bit. They just, they can't yeah. play a team like Jacksonville and win by one point when Jacksonville and, and division games are harder. We all know that, you know, we saw it with Washington and Philly week one, mm-hmm. but you can't make bonehead plays like did it. Bill O'Brien can't make plays like that against the Saints. If no. you're going to lose, play the line and just let Breeze beat you. But don't don't go and prove it and let Breeze go, oh, cool. Here's a 15-yard pass, and now we're just taking a timeout, and we're going to win. Like, they yeah. should be 2-0 going into San Diego on Sunday. And I think if that happens, I think a lot of people look at look at it differently going, man, Jags, 2-0, man. They're they're coming. They, gotta, they have a yeah. – I mean, let me look at the schedule. Titans, Buccaneers, Titans, Broncos. They do have the Patriots. Colts, Ravens, Jaguars, Raiders, Colts, Falcons, Panthers, Chargers, and then the Chiefs. They don't have a hard schedule. No, they don't. So they, you know, that's they they gotta they gotta take advantage of it. But I just I, I don't know, man. It's it, like I said, it might be the Clemson pedigree that Dabo Sweeney has put out there. But I mean, I don't know how much you've watched watch Clemson, but look at just look at the way Trevor Lawrence throws the ball. It's like. I mean, sometimes he gets that wingspan like Randall Cunningham, and you just you can't touch it. Like you can't yeah. get a hold of a ball like that. So I, 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 I mean, you got to give me some reassurance if I'm giving you, if I'm giving you Kirk Cousins, whether he's not doing good or not, because you're taking out our, our guy. Yeah, who, who are you going to, who are we going to replace with <laughs> Kirk Cousins, especially with the way our team is set up right now? Like, we're not in rebuild mode right now. Mm-hmm. We have a pretty, we have a pr- really talented roster and like you need a, you need a quarterback and we just, we don't have any other options right now besides Kirk Cousins as much as people want to think we do or say, get rid of him, blah, blah, blah. Like, But as frustrating just, as he is, man, he's still not a bad quarterback. Like, no, he he just I think he gets a bad rap on some of the stuff because of the just the 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 situations like this that have happened. But you know, he really hasn't had a great team around him. You look at last season, dude threw thirty and thirty touchdowns, ten picks, over three thousand yards or four thousand yards or whatever. Like, he he didn't have a bad year. No. And uh, like I've man, like I've seen people say they they would rather have Slaughter, who isn't even oh, on the God. team anymore. They like we should just cut our cousins and go with Kyle Slaughter. Like it, those are just man. Some of the fans are just so annoying. I'm telling you, that's why I've got to get. That's why I should get off Facebook. Yeah, you, you need to you need to evacuate the premise from that man. 
you're gonna you're gonna give yourself an aneurysm. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. I'm trying to find. I'm starting to think that I'm wrong, and that Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence actually won't come out for two years, so he won't be in next year's draft. He's not. He's is he a sophomore? Yeah, I thought he was. For some okay. reason, I thought he was a junior. Um, I'm looking. I'm looking at Walter football, and because they have Tua going three. Um, to the Dolphins next year. Yeah, 2021 mock drafts. Check this out. This is what do you what do you think of this situation if this happened? 2021 mock. Uh, again, this draft order is random. But if the Packers, it says the Green Bay Packers pick number one in the mock, but the Packers could be drafting first overall if Aaron Rodgers gets injured prior to the beginning of the 2020 season. If so, they may do what the Colts did when they moved on from Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck. I would be so pissed if that really happened. <laughs> and it, I mean, right here it says Trevor Lawrence is the early favorite to be the number one pick. He has it all. That includes he's 6'6", 215, a big arm accuracy, and he has mobility to run. He's – and like I said, dude, if, if, you're, if you're like the marketing and you're the owner of a team like that, you take that dude's helmet off and you just throw him on a poster and like blow yeah. wind behind his hair. You know what I mean? It's like, like I said, it's like mm-hmm. Jacob DeGrom. You market that guy. That guy looks like, I mean, God, if you're, if you're making Friday night lights, like that's the guy you cast to be your quarterback. Yeah. You know, and, and he's always smiling and his teammates love him. Like Justin Ross, who they, ironically, they actually have going third to the dolphins here. Um, you know, all Justin Ross talks about is how great it is with Trevor Lawrence, and like the players love him. <laughs> so it's like that's mm-hmm. that's like the guy you want to have. They got they got yeah. Justin they have the Lions with the number two pick getting uh, Justin Fields. So they they got two quarterbacks in our division being passed, moved on from by 2021: Rodgers and Stafford. What's interesting? Yeah, Poor with Matt Denver Stafford. then taking Patrick Sertain number two. The second. Yeah. <laughs> so, Poor I mean, Matt it's a Stafford, lot of issues. What's that? Poor Matt Stafford. Yeah. I, that's, that's a, a guy, guy who, like, never did never anything. Had anything put, well, just never had anything put around him. Like, they never, like, mm-hmm. tried to put a good offensive line around him. They never tried to, like, give some kind of, get some kind of semblance of having a running game. Like, that dude, like, is the epitome of being in a football purgatory where you just like <laughs> you put up good pretty good numbers and you play on a crap team where you put up pretty good numbers and people think you suck because your teams <laughs> don't win. Well and it's one of those things where he's in that he's in that terrible situation where, you know, he doesn't cause no problems on his team. He's his teammates like him. And it's just, you feel for a guy who's like genuinely enjoys playing the game. And you're like, well, sorry. It's like Philip Rivers. I feel so bad for Philip Rivers that he's never won anything. Because he's so good and he does everything yeah. right. And then it's just like, hey, man, we appreciate it. But uh, your team's booty hole. And we're not going to help you. <laughs> sorry, man. Yeah. Hey, look, we got you a running back. Oh, he's going to hold out. Sorry, dude. <laughs> oh, see you next year. <laughs> <laughs> oh man Oh man Then you get guys like Ben Roethlisberger Who win multiple championships 
pisses me off to no Wild end. Raping. Multiple <laughs> championships and raping chicks. Yeah, well, he's the next. Uh, okay, this is a baseball one that I, I kind of. Boy, I'm glad I, I talked myself or I, I didn't talk myself off the ledge, but boy, I'm glad that the Dodgers didn't do what I wanted to. I was so mad they didn't at the deadline. They needed a left-handed bullpen reliever, a guy who's cost-controlled. There's an all-star that Pittsburgh is waiting to trade. Felipe Vasquez, I'm going, you sons of bitches. I cannot believe you didn't trade for Felipe Vasquez. And I get it. Pittsburgh said, we won't even talk to you unless Gavin Lux is in the deal. And you know, I've been praising that dude for months in AAA. Obviously not mm-hmm. trade Lux. But do you give him Kiever Ruiz since Will Smith is doing good? So you don't need Kiever Ruiz really throwing Dustin May ginger guard himself. You know, maybe you take the risk for Felipe Vasquez and he gets you through the playoffs. Mm, I wish they would have done it. Turns out, dude might be going to jail as he's been in a relationship with a girl since he, he was 26 two years ago. She was 13. She's now 15 oh. and he's 28 and they were still dating. And there is electronic evidence of a very um, non-PC things that were found. He is now being... Uh, tried in like an act, like he's going to prison. Whoa! Like, like, I, saw, like I saw the like the headline, but I didn't really read into it. And I didn't like it. Didn't name the player, and I didn't didn't really see like anything about anything. But holy crap, that's insane! Yeah, Felipe Vasquez arrested Tuesday in Pittsburgh and is being charged with multiple felonies in both Pennsylvania and Florida, including statutory sexual assault. Vasquez was initially charged with computer pornography, soliciting a child, and providing obscene material to minors by the Florida Department of Law Enforcement. He was arraigned uh, Tuesday in, Phil- in Pittsburgh and was denied bail, with the judge saying, uh, judge saying she was told that additional charges were accept- uh, expected. Vasquez was subsequently charged in Westmoreland County, Pennsylvania, with three felonies, felonies, statutory sexual assault against a minor 11 years or older, unlawful contact with a minor, and corruption of minors, as well as one misdemeanor, indecent assault of a person less than 16 years old. Says Vasquez in um, the FDLE issued a statement saying it began its investigation into Vasquez in August after obtaining information that he reportedly had a sexual relationship with a 13-year-old girl in Lee County, Florida. The girl, now 15, allegedly was continuing to have a relationship with Vasquez via text messaging and received a video from him in July in which he was shown performing a sex act according to police statement. Jesus. What is wrong with people? Why are people so stupid? I, he's been put on administrative leave by the MLB. Um, the MLB, like it, it, they're just letting the police handle it. They're not even jumping in here. Well, what do we say to what do we say to Felipe Vasquez? Uh, uh, well, I guess for the fact that uh, he's I'm going bye bye. Violation. We can definitely hit him with that. Um, and I guess, you know, you get hit with this bitch. Cut that bitch off! <laughs> I just... God. I wonder... You know, Andrew Friedman has come into this Dodgers organization, stopped overpaying people, 
started drafting well and building this farm system to the point that, you know, they're bringing up, they, they got three or four guys that they run up from AAA in like the summer that are going to make this postseason roster potentially and are starters daily. Like he's doing a incredible job and it's getting rid of a lot of the stink where they just buy all their players, you know, <laughs> no more Scott Casimir's coming in for $25 million full of crap. <laughs> Do you think there was a good chance that he and his team had heard, like heard something or were tipped off, and that's why they didn't pull the trigger? Possibly. I mean, a lot of people know, like a lot of GMs and guys in front offices, they have like people that are out there trying to dig up dirt on people or trying to find information that could be like detrimental to a team that's looking to like trade or sign for someone. So very possible. Um, Vasquez, the Pirates closer is five and one with 28 saves, 90 strikeouts and a 1.65 ERA this season. He is a two time all-star selection and is signed with the Pirates through 2021. Yeah, and Vasquez was among the most sought-after players before the trade deadline with multiple teams pursuing him. The Pirates held out for an enormous asking price value Vasquez and especially the four years of team control as one of the best assets in the entire baseball. Teams found the Pirates' demands exorbitant and Vasquez remained with with the Pirates. Man. If you're... If you're Pittsburgh, getting Kiebert Ruiz might look a lot better right now. <laughs> yeah. It's, but, I mean, yeah. you never know. One thing I heard, too, that was crazy. I don't think there's ever been a player in any sport where in the middle of a season or the end of a season, a guy who's a two two straight-year all-star and arguably one of the best left-handed relievers in all of all or you know one of the best players at their position in all the sports had something like this happen where they may just suddenly go down to jail like Mike Vick I, I I can think of but I don't think that was during the season and that was when he was starting to come down anyway wasn't it Yeah I think it was in the off season Yeah happened to Michael Vick and I think yeah I think like some of the magic might have been starting to wear off from him but. I mean, yeah, this is like pretty crazy. Like I can't I can't think of any anything or anyone who this is kind of come out. I mean, Aaron Hernandez was wasn't he like in the off season too or Yeah, I don't think it was in the middle of like a run. I mean, a he, he was race. in the All-Star game this year. Yeah. You know, I I know they're not incredible, but you know, I mean, Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh, too, 21 games under 500 was not selling. It was kind of like the confusion I had with the White Sox. They're 21 games under 500. God, they're 21 games under 500, 28 games behind the Twins, and they're in third place in our division. I didn't even <laughs> realize that. Kansas City's 37 and a half out, and the Tigers are 47 and a half out. Mm. Unbelievable. The Tigers <laughs> are back to being terrible again. <laughs> Isn't it crazy though, like how the Tigers and the um the Royals have had some had some success and now they just like pretty much went back to where they were. 
Mm, Royals kind of Miami Marlins that they made their run and then moved everybody. Marlins did it yeah. twice, which is even more, which is even worse. Yeah. You know, it's it's going to be interesting going in. Like I said, we got, you know, we're looking at 11 games or so left in the season for a lot of these teams. Right now, Yankees, 99 wins. Uh, Twins, 93 wins. Astros, 99. And it looks like Oakland and Tampa, or Oakland and Cleveland, will play for the wild card. Oakland, who doesn't tank, continuously tries, back up 91 wins again. I mean, it's... It's crazy how Oakland continues to come through. Yeah. If you're the Twins right now, New York and Houston are both 99 and 53. Ten games left for each team. Denlin Batances tears his Achilles today, it looks like, for the Yankees. Who do you want in the first round? Do you want New York or do you want Houston? Like, I don't know if there's a right answer. I think if I want anyone, it's I want New York. Because I want like, I want to get over, like I want to hope to get over the, the New York, Yankee stigma that this team has, and like, I think I welcome it. Like, bring them on. Let's do this. Let's finally, beat these assholes and, get rid of this, thought that we can't play with the Yankees for some reason. You I think I that's mean? the right call. Yeah, I I think it's. Look, if they're going to knock us out, let's just let's just take them on right away. Let's just get it over with. Yeah. You know, I, I am, I know how good our hitting is. You know, we have the most homers in the history of the AL. Uh, Sano hit a 482 foot bomb today. Twins became the first team in MLB history to have a, have five players with at least 30 homers in a season. They lost. I mean, no, we won nine, eight, and twelve. Oh, we did actually win? Okay. Yep. I was like, yep. we were Came losing. back and won the game. So, I mean, you know, we have we have bats. That, like, this team's never been a bats team. We've been, all right, we have pretty decent pitching, but we're going to hit you to death. This team is bombing things. Yeah. If we're going to go in That's there, I, give us those I'm bronze so bombers that you said. Yeah, let's just, let's do it. Let's get, let's like, let's prove everyone wrong and let's go go to Yankee Stadium and actually play like well because they just they have a bad history of just playing the Yankees overall there's like this weird stigma that just comes with the twins playing against the Yankees where the Yankees just dominate them and here's one thing that kind of has has me excited and I, I this is this sounds bad but I mean Batonsis gets hurt that helps our chances because they lose one of their best relievers not that I want to see anyone get hurt but that helps. You know, New York's fifty four and twenty two at home. We're fifty and twenty five on the road. We're actually forty three yeah. and thirty three at home. We're better on the road. I wanna just go in there and do it. Let's just go. Yeah. Because as as much as it would like, you know, okay, well we could play the Astros and avoid it. Look, Astros are fifty fifty seven and twenty at home. <laughs> they're they're thirty seven games over five hundred at home. And they, I believe they have the top three pitchers in, in whip in the entire league with Garrett Cole, Justin Berlander, and Zach Greinke. I understand we have the great hitting, but Houston has really good hitting too. Maybe not as good as the Yankees or us, but their pitching, but, I don't care how good our batting is, is going to be a problem, especially yeah, in the playoffs. They can still hit the ball. They can still hit the ball. 
Yeah, I mean, Alex Bregman probably going to be the runner-up to Trout for MVP, Correa and, and, and Altuve. But if you have good pitching, it's just like getting a hot goalie in the NHL playoffs. It makes all the difference. Yeah. And they have they they could they have three number ones that we'd see back to back to back. Yeah, that's that's. I'd rough. rather I'd rather go at the Yankees head head first because what happens? What happens if some reason this hot ass Athletics teams team gets in and they manage to upset the division rival Astros themselves, and now we're now we're going into the ALCS with home field against the Astros. We we got a shot to make the whole World Series then. Yeah. If that wild card team can take out because I think the Astros are the best team in baseball. As much as I praise the Dodgers, I'm the Astros scare me half to death because of that pitching. Yeah, they like their overall team is they probably have the best like balance of pitching and hitting in the majors. And like you know, I I could probably take Astros Dodgers lineup there their rosters and make, make a, a valid enough point to prove that I think that the Dodgers are better, but I don't want to do that. I don't want to overvalue the Dodgers. I don't want to sound like a homer and I don't want to be disappointed if they lose, you know? So I'm, you know, if they're number two, I'll take it. But man, yeah. if you can, have, if Houston could get upset and we could beat the Yankees, I mean, we're riding the momentum we've never had before. And I think we would just outpower the Rays or the athletics. No problem. Yeah. Um, you know, NL side, I still think it's the Dodgers World Series to not make. I think Atlanta could be a problem. Houston is surging. Anthony Rendon might win the MVP if he's going to keep playing like this. He's batting 333, I believe, right now. The only team, if I'm the Dodgers, I just don't want to see the Cardinals. They always beat the Dodgers. I would love it if the Brewers could somehow manage to sneak in and they could play the Brewers without Yelich. That would be the way I want to yeah. go. But I think, I think the two series I want to see for the World Series, or there's I have three. There's three that I would like to see um, because of how fun they would be. Obviously, I would love to see a Twins Dodgers World Series, but I mean there's a chance it's going to happen. But I think a Twin or I think a Dodgers Astros rematch from two years ago because that was one of the best World Series. I think that's the second best World Series I've ever seen in my life. I would yeah, love to watch it again. I think Yankees Dodgers. Just because of what the franchises are would be tremendous. Yeah. But I think in a rematch of the best World Series I've ever seen in my life, a Twins Braves World Series. That's the only way I would be happy with the Dodgers. If the Dodgers didn't make it, a Twins Braves rematch, I would be happy with. That would be hilarious. That'd I mean, five so cool. one run games in '91, the ten inning Jack Morris shutout complete game. I mean, Kirby Puckett getting the catch in the homer in, in Game Six when they're down three games to two after Mark Lemke finish this off in game four and five or whatever. Like yeah. I, I would love to see twins Braves otherwise. Yeah. That would be really sick. <laughs> you know, the two worst, the, the last place, the first place teams. I mean, it, it, it was just incredible that, that year. Yeah. But but the first time the twins played the Braves in the world series, the twins team five was like, I think from what I heard, like the worst team to ever win a world series. Yeah, we had like I think we had 106 losses in 1990. You the Reds won. Yeah. And then we came. I mean, and, and the Braves were not much better in 1990 either. No. Which is I should see if I'm going to Google that 1990 MLB 
standing. Let me see here. Um, all right. So we have extended standings here. The the Twins were 29 games out of first place in the American League West. <laughs> and in the National League West, the Braves were 26 games away from 500, or away from the division. So the two worst teams in, in each league. Jeez. Do you remember the two, four, six? Do you remember the six other teams in our division in the American League West? No, that was way too long ago. Athletics, White Sox, Rangers, Angels, Mariners, Royals. Wow. Yeah, that's funny. I wonder if I can find expanded of the actual. um, Yeah, here we go. Twins were 74 and 88, and the Braves were 65 and 97. Jesus. Yeah, the only team worse was the New York Yankees than us, like, in the league, because the Yankees were 67 and 95. Wow. And I think, like, statistically, too, like, the Twins that year were, like, one of the worst teams, like, to ever make it, like, or ever win a World Series, like, statistically... Uh, 1991, the Twins go 95 and 67, the best record in the entire or in the in the entire AL. Braves go 94 and 68 with the third best record. The Pirates were 98 and 64 that year, best team in the league. <laughs> so they go from the second and the first and second worst teams in the entire league to the second and third. That's just incredible. The amount that is incredible. That was. Man, that's wild. Um, so what do, what do you got what do you, who, What's your World Series My World Series Is probably going to be The Dodgers versus the Astros What, what do you what's, what's the What's the series I think it goes The game seven And the Dodgers winning game seven <laughs> I was I was ready to cue this up. You do not want to make an enemy out of me. <laughs> <laughs> now, was that you in the middle of that, that laughter? Is there actually somebody that laughs in the studio with him? I want to hear this again. You do not want to make an enemy out of me. Oh, somebody goes, mm-hmm. I get it. I was like, I, I get it, yeah, Elijah. Yeah. <laughs> I got um, you, man. Before we close out with some uh, some boxing talk here, um, where the hell did that go? Because I got to just do it anyway. Uber facts: the most unimportant things you'll never need to know. We're doing the first ever one man Uber fact, damn it! Because I want to do this, and I may come on next week if you guys are running the show and just pop on and give Jordan the same one. But I'm going to ask you. The Uber Facts for the week. For those of you who don't know, Uber Facts, uh, it's hilarious. It's it's exactly what it says. It's the most unimportant things you'll ever want to know. The object of this game, shout out to uh, John Ireland, uh, where, where this was originated years and years ago. And we've been using this since probably 2016. I will give you four facts. One of the facts is made up or not correct and, and altered in some way, shape, or form. 
I'm going to give you four facts, Elijah. Are you ready for the first fact? Sure. Four four six six eight eight ten ten twelve twelve, and the last day of February all occur on the same day of the week every year because of the Doomsday Rule. Okay. The Doomsday. Doomsday. D O O M. Number two, Sean Ben and Peter Dinklage auditioned for their roles on Game of Thrones together as the two are great friends so they could do a scene together. Ironically, the two did not play in the same scene together until Ned Stark was executed. Okay. Mm -hmm. Number three, sloppy handwriting by doctors are responsible for over 7,000 deaths every year. And number four, a Mc1035 is a secret item on the McDonald's menu. It's served exactly at 10:35 each day if asked for. It's an egg McMuffin combined with a McDouble. I'm gonna have to say the Doomsday thing is the the one that's not a fact. So you were smart to stay away from the sloppy handwriting run. That is a true fact. So you're you're good there. You were also smart to stay away from the Mick Mick 1035, as that is one of the magical secret items on the McDonald's board. So that means Alex. I mean Elijah. Why did I say Alex? I looked at a screen uh, that that said Alex on it, and I oh, stopped reading what I was doing. I apologize. Usually it's Isaiah. I say. Um, there's two facts left. And I got you, good sir. It is the Game of Thrones one. Oh, man. Now, it is true that they did not play in the same scene together, I believe, until Ned Stark was executed. If you think about it, when they went to Winterfell, he was in the uh, the, the ladies' room, if you want to call it that, or the, the activities room with the women. Uh, Peter Dinklage was so they were never yeah. actually in that scene together so that was correct um, the reason this is not real sir is Sean Ben and Peter Dinklage did not have to audition for Game of Thrones they were explicitly sought after to play Ned Stark and Tyrion Lannister two roles that were created for the two characters dang so when, when they decided to turn this into an actual TV show, they said, we have to have those two play these two characters. Yeah. So I threw the curveball in there with the, with the real facts. Mm. We're starting off the new year with the victory for Ryan Clinton, ladies and gentlemen. You, but you were close, though. You were close. You, you, you were in the last two. I will give you that. Uh, I'm very excited to hit some other people up with that one. Um, got about 20, Man. 25 minutes left bitter. up on the show here. What's that? I'm bitter. Bitter. <laughs> well, like I said, it's, um, you know, they didn't play in the same, same scene together. If that's what you were, if that's where you were going off of, because yeah, that's what I was going off of. Mm-hmm, Cause they were, they were, they were in, in Winterfell, but they were not together. <laughs> you want to hear, hear another uh, kind of interesting fact? Yeah, drop it on me. Did you know? So, did you know Braun and Cersei, like the real life actors, dated in real life? And if you notice, really? 
And if you notice, they're never in any scenes together when they probably should be. <laughs> what do they got? You know why? They not like each other? They don't like each other. That's why they're never in scenes together. Or why you never uh, see them in scenes together. That's interesting. That is interesting. They like, yeah, they really dislike each other. <laughs> was that because of uh, of uh, how bad Cersei was when she played the main villain in Judge Dredd? Who knows? Maybe. And she was like a crackhead. <laughs> no, yep. I'm just kidding. Um, we kind of touched on some of the stuff here. Um, obviously boxing talk. I think I want to turn a lot of this over to you here. I have a the schedule pulled up here where we can kind of preview some fights, but you know, as as not having standing eight count going the, the last few bit, um, just kind of taking 2019 as a whole, Elijah. You know, we're we're a third of the we had a fourth of the way left of it. We're three fourths in. Just what's your thoughts, man? Like, how has 2019 gone? What's been your your highs, your lows? What's some good fights people should see? Like, how do you feel so? Well, how do you feel about this year in boxing? This year has been an interesting year in boxing. I mean, one of the big things you have to look to is Andrew Andy Ruiz upsetting Anthony Joshua. That's probably got to be the biggest story in boxing. And one of the coolest things to happen in boxing in a long time, you know, that's that's uh, that's top one. Um, Manny Pacquiao still winning fights, still uh, still in the mix, still beating up on the young on the young guys who uh, think they're going to beat him. Um, Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury, that was another really good one. Oh, man. God, that had everything you could have asked for. <laughs> like, like the one, drama. <laughs> I mean. The heavyweights, man, they are, uh, they're like, I think the popularity for the heavyweights is starting to, this has been like one of the best years for heavyweights in a long time, in my opinion. I think you're, I mean, I think you're 100% right with that. You know, obviously I want you to keep going here with, with this, but if you look at, um, like, just look at, look at the, look at the opposition with, with everybody we've had and the fights we've had. And, you know, you mentioned the Wilder Fury thing, obviously. Um, I know it was last year, but this was one of the things that really started kind of speeding a lot of this up too. I mean, look at that King Kong fight with Wilder. Yeah. That was a fight that made people go, well, holy crap. And then, and then like, right before that, too, because I believe this was the end of 2017, or, wait, well, I take that back. When was Klitschko Joshua? A couple of years ago now, I think. Yeah, I, I remember, I, I thought I watched that when I was at doing uh, all those Kill Switch shows. I'm trying to remember if that's when I watched it. Um, I think so. Klitschko, yeah, Klitschko was April of 2017. So that's what I thought. So we, that kind of really started sparking it. And then we got the stuff with Wilder. And then we got how much we really are getting into a guy like, like King Kong. Um, you know, we, we you got Usyk moving up. 
Um, Tyson Fury. Yeah, who's been a who's been like a, a bad good thing. Like after the the Tyson Fury Klitschko fight, I was like, I never want to see this guy fight again. And then yeah. he, and then he kind of hangs around and is actually kind of been enjoyable. And he had a great fight with with Wilder and. I think what really helped that fight sell that fight, and and this is where these guys, I mean, whether it was intentional or not, if this was business, I don't hate it, I, I get it, but if I mean, this could be exactly what it was, but that Wilder Fury post fight was exactly what you want when two guys go to war and they get in the middle of the ring and they're high fiving and they're like, let's do it again, and people are cheering and they're like, you want it again? We're gonna give you screw Anthony Joshua, he doesn't want to fight no one. Let's fight each other again and do this, and I mean. And people are watching this. Like, I remember, you know, I, I can't remember if you were here. For, were you here for that fight or not? I know no, Jordan I, was, was. I watched it. I watched it at my house, I think. And, but, like, when when they're, like, high-fiving and hugging 10 minutes into the interview and they're going to fight again, we're all sitting down in my basement here like, hell yeah, I want to see this again. Yeah, you know. It's, yeah. And it, and it helped spark it even more. And, like you said, the Ruiz thing, you know, I mean, this this was – this was Canelo, Rockman, Rockman Lennox Titan. level. This was yeah. this was uh, uh, Buster Douglas Tyson level in a way. Like this, this helped reshape boxing. And for once, Ruiz is actually getting to kind of control a couple things. Like he's going, "Oh hell no, man! I got the belts. You're the supermodel who, who didn't take it seriously." And now it's coming yeah. out that Joshua's corner man admitted that Joshua had a concussion and kept letting him fight. Yeah, I remember. I remember. I said something about that, like, kind of after the fight. That they yeah, said when that he was that like, first punch, and you were like, "Dude, yeah. he's not well." Yeah, and I mean, just even like his demeanor, like walking to the ring and stuff. But it came out right after the fight that he had just suffered a concussion, like in uh, in sparring. Like he got like just, I guess, knocked out cold in sparring and had a concussion and. Probably shouldn't have even been fighting that night, but I mean, can't can't take anything away from Ruiz because no. Joshua was still formidable, obviously, because he like knocked Ruiz down himself and hurt him and stuff. So, and that's but. the one good thing too that I like is most times in a situation like that, people would just kind of shoe and your wheeze off as like a, eh, it was what it was but like he people are like dude I mean he fought the guy that you could argue was the number one and he yeah. handled him you know regardless I mean, he, of any kind of situation or outcome he did his job and he did it well yeah and it looked like early on that Joshua was going to route him and mm-hmm. so he, he did something that only uh, Vladimir Klitschko did and, you know, it's kind of the same thing we talked about where if Klitschko was five years younger, that fight might have had a different outcome. Anthony Joshua looks like he's chiseled out of, like, Greek stone. Yeah. And people are intimidated by that reach and that, you know, he was like when he had to fight Holyfield and the Sega Genesis game where his arm went halfway across the screen and you, there was nothing you could do to stop it because it was 2D. So you couldn't fight yeah. that. You're just like, I'm going to get my ass kicked. And Ruiz fought through it and just went went at him. And you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he had you know, he he saw Klitschko do it and you know, Klitschko as great as he was, we always talk about how great he was, you know, you you get to that point in your age where you just can't do it anymore and 
Joshua took him to the later rounds just like he needed to do it. He won the fight. And Ruiz took that same approach Klitschko did, and he won. And it's one of those things where maybe he figured out how you expose Joshua. I mean, Wilder's been shown how you expose him. The problem is you just can't, if he hits you, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, so we're seeing these heavyweights that are so good are starting to have a, have a, have a dink in the armor. And it's just making these fights better because now there's so many more people that can fight. You know, they're, they're trying to get Dillian White and a uh, uh, Hunter Povetkin fight on the Joshua Ruiz undercard just to showcase more. Like, I mean, you know, not to keep ranting about it. I'm, I'm done now just so you can get to the Canelo part, but you know, this heavyweight division in the last two, you know, two, two plus years, but especially recently has done a great thing for boxing. It's talked mm-hmm. about. It's on ESPN. People talk about this stuff on Sports Center more than normal. And now we're getting to see Sports Center's running things about Vitaly uh, or uh, Vasilo Machenko all the time and stuff like that now. And you know, it's kind of what we were hoping the PBC was going to do, and it still yeah. kind of did. You know, DAZN comes in, and we finally stop bashing Eddie Hearn because he's given us super fights. It's just his method was a little annoying at first, but these heavyweights are what you want to see. You know, it's, people want to see the heavyweight fights. Like as great as it was watching, you know, a Diaz McGregor fight, how much that sells and how much, you know, um, you know, think, things like that. I, I can't think of any more good examples off the top of my head, but when, when it was Brock Lesnar and Kane Velasquez, people were like, hell yeah. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. people want that big boy fight and boxing is giving it to us. And it's, and it's, not just big fat guys like it's better just throw their bombs. It's it's technical fighters. You know, I mean Tyson Fury shocked me with how technical he looked against uh, Deontay Wilder in that fight. But yeah, not, not to take your floor. I apologize, but man, oh, I, okay. I love talking the boxing with you, and you you hit such a great point bringing up the heavyweights with this last year that I was like, man, we got to dig into it. But you know, yeah. you were heading towards Canelo. What, what else you got here? I was gonna say Canelo, like. Probably, probably gonna be fighter of the year. Um, he's fighting everyone. And now he's moving up to fight uh, Sergey Kovalev, which is pretty fucking awesome, if you ask me. Like, especially the fact that he's like moving up to fight him. <laughs> Two weight classes. Yeah, and you know me, I'm not like a huge Canelo fan, but. I gotta start giving the guys props, man. He's like, he's doing his thing. You know. So and then there's just other fights yep. I'm looking forward to too, like uh, Pro Grays Taylor's gonna be good. Uh, um, Errol Spence, Sean Porter. Um, God, why are there's other ones? I just they're on the tip of my tongue. Um, I mean, we can we can run through that list here in a little bit. Yeah, but it just I don't know. I feel I feel like the heavyweight thing is like just a big story in boxing this year, and it's just it hasn't been this good in a long time. I mean, I'm even excited for the Wilder Ortiz rematch. I'm pretty excited for that. That should be a really good fight. And like Ortiz is kind of like the forgotten guy out of the bunch. Mm-hmm. 
And he's getting he's getting a fury coming up here. Yeah. You know, he gets his rematch, and that fight was was in, like that. We 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 were saying that that might have been the twenty the twenty eighteen fight of the year. Yeah. And that fight was incredible. Um. You know, I I. I like I like the call or the the um, the Canelo talk. Um, you know, just looking at a lot of this stuff with this, and I I know a lot of people always said, you know, well, you know, Canelo's got to fight the guys and stuff. But if you look at his last seventeen fights, and I started at seventeen, um, this is over the course of eight years. So over eight years, he's had seventeen fights. Um, or well, it will be eighteen. Excuse me. The Kovalev fight is in the same eight-year span. So I mean, think think of this in the last eight years. G- give me your opinion here. If maybe, if maybe this is this is something where maybe we kind of didn't give as much props as we could have. But so so in the last eight years, this there's you figure there's one loss and one draw on this entire resume. But listen to this resume for Canelo Alvarez. Kermit Cintron, and that's why I started there, because it's Kermit Cintron, but, uh, which he knocked out in the fifth round, TKO. Kermit Cintron, Shane Mosley, Josecito Lopez, Austin Trout, Floyd Mayweather, Alfredo Angulo, Erislani Lara, James Kirkland, Miguel Cotto, Amir Khan, Liam Smith, uh, Chavez Jr., Triple G twice, Rocky Fielding, Danny Jacobs, Sergey Kovalev. That's a hell of a resume for eight years. Yeah. And you got one loss and one draw in those fights. Yeah, I mean, it's... Like, we yeah. always gave him a bad rap because of Golden Boy. And, and we always felt, oh, he's not fighting Triple G. And that was part of, I always think, the beat. Was, well, and he's not I mean, like, I felt... I felt like he lost the first Triple G fight. Second mm-hmm. fight was was a lot closer. Like could be a draw. Triple G could have barely won. Canelo could have barely won. Um, I felt I like had, he I lost. I had to win a draw for Triple G. I, I I had to win the first draw, second. Yeah, and Lara, like I thought he lost that fight, and um, some fights he just didn't look super great in, but I mean, he hasn't looked, he's hasn't looked like bad lately, you know, and I don't know. He's just, he's kind of growing on me. You know what I think helps is we're not getting as much of the BS and it's just kind of like, here you go, man. Just let's watch this fight. Yeah. And I, I think the, the two Golovkin fights helped it. Because then we saw, like, you know, he goes and fights Rocky Fielding, goes up to 168, beats him. You know, whether you know whether we think that, you know, that he's, you know, it was anything special at all. You know, regardless, he went up, went up a weight class, won a title. Um, and this was this was you look, you know, three fights before this, he was fighting at 154. You know, when he fought Liam Smith. He fought at 154, I believe, against Chavez Jr. Then he moved up to Golovkin, has the two fights, moves up again to Fielding, moves back down to 160 to fight Jacobs, and now is going back up two weight classes. So, 
Like, I respect the jump. You, you know, you're going 154, 160, 160, 168, 160, 175 for your last six fights. That's a yeah. big jump. You know, but, it, you know, to be, to be fair, too, it's like, he's, it just, it feels different with him than it used to. And mm-hmm. I think the big turnaround for me, and I know, I know the knockout is what, what's the really impressive part about it, but I think that James Kirkland fight was the, the real wake-up. When he knocked out Kirkland, and it was one of the nastiest counterpunches you'll ever see in boxing. And, you know, four years ago, James Kirkland was still a formidable opponent. Yeah. I mean, he, he beats him. Then he, you know, then he beats Cotto. KO's Khan. KO's Liam Smith. Doesn't KO, but enjoyably beats the shit out of Chavez Jr., which was fantastic. Gets your draw with Triple G. Beats Triple G. First guy to do it, which he gets credit for. Smashes Rocky Fielding at a higher, moves up in weight and KOs the champ. Moves back down and does a better job than Triple G or anybody ever did against a guy like Danny Jacobs, who is a hell of a good fighter. And as I've said to you, is just in the unfortunate spot where he's the number three between two of the greatest middleweights ever. You know, you, yeah. you're, it, when it's all said and done, you, you, you know, you look, 15 years from now, people are going to talk about Triple G and Canelo as two of the best at 160. Jacobs was just unfortunately behind the two of those. I wonder and I always wonder what would happen, too, if Jacobs never got cancer and didn't have to, like, take a ton of time off. Yeah. Like, I wonder, like, how much better he would be if that would have never happened. Well, and we, like we said, too, he, he, I wonder if it would have been a better career choice if he fought at 168. Because he's always yeah. been, you know, so it's not like yeah. the eight pounds would be that big of an issue. I mean, remember Triple G showed up, he came came into the fight at like 181 or whatever? Yeah, he was, he's huge. <laughs> so, you know, maybe 168, since that's just, that's one of those odd weight classes, kind of like cruiserweight, where, yeah. you know, you had a guy like Roy Jones who could do so much damage because there wasn't a ton of people if you wanted to go into that route. Then you never have to like look at his look at him like having to like oh I gotta restrict how how much how much I can weigh and how big I can be you know what I mean like because mm-hmm. you gotta think like that's probably hard work for him to be able to get to the fighting weight for for uh, for the, um, that weight class. And then, I mean, even Canelo is like, hey, man, you can only come in at this weight. You can't come in weighing like you did against Triple G. <laughs> you know, and, I mean, so, look at, look at, um, look, I mean, uh, like, who, let's let's look at, I don't know, how far back do you want to go? 20, do you want to, okay, let's look after Carl Frosch. So, Carl Carl Frotch retired May eighth, twenty fifteen, right? Mm-hmm. So that was that's that would have been a I think I think Frotch, as much as I clown Frotch, I think he might have gave Jacobs some problems. I think he was a good oh, fighter. Yeah. I just I just just didn't like him and I, I shouldn't say I didn't like him, but I called him on Twitter and he called me back and I, I just had that oh I wanna watch Frotch lose now even though I thought it was funny. But Yeah. But, you know, we go down the list of these next champions. So we'll say May 9th, 2015. 
Um, Fedor Shudinov. I don't think Jacobson had a problem with him. No. Giovanni D. Carolus? I don't even know who the hell that is. Neither do I. Uh, Felix Sturm? I don't think Sturm would have, he would have a problem with Sturm. Uh, Tyrone Zugi? Zug? Whatever. Who? George Groves? George Groves would probably be a good fight. But I, I, I yeah, I, I shouldn't say probably not. But I think he could beat Groves. I think he beats yeah. Groves. Uh, what about Rocky Fielding? Yeah, he beats Rocky Fielding. So those have been all the champions. Then Groves re-won the title. So those have been all the champions since then. Since since Frotch retired. Yeah, I mean, not a, not a like real formidable, terrifying Definitely list, not I guess. First role. I mean, compared to 160, let's let, let me let me just grab one other one because it's the the green belt and Suleiman would probably hate our show if we didn't say it. Let's look at the WBC title. Let's um, you know, and I'm kind of going after the Frotch Frotch in 2010. Ward had it in 2011. Um, let's look at the one, two, three, four, five. Let's look at the last five champions, okay? Okay. Saki Obika. I think you could beat him. Anthony that Durrell. Might be a tough fight, though. You could beat Anthony Durrell. Or Badu Jack. He could probably beat Badu Jack. David Benavidez. Ooh, that would be a tough one. Yeah. <laughs> October 8th or October 3rd, Benavidez was stripped of the title after testing positive for cocaine and was named champion in recess. So he's not the champion after that one. <laughs> um,. Uh, and then the guy who won the title in Minneapolis at the show I was with Jordan in February with, uh, Anthony Durrell, again, which we already said be, he could beat. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I I think I think 168 would have been the play. And I, I, I applaud him for staying where he was and making the fights, you know. He, he's yeah. He's a fantastic fighter. Now he's moving I, up, though. He's fighting. He's going to fight Chavez Jr. probably. Oh, I, ho- I, I will pay 50 bucks on pay-per-view for that shit. I'd pay 70 for that. <laughs> I will go on eBay and buy a Danny... No, I already have a Danny Jacobs autograph club, don't I? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think, I, yeah, I bought I bought that one. I think I bought the Quillen one. Yeah, hell yeah. I'll, I'll be the guy waving my, my Jacobs glove storm in my living room watching the violence ensue. <laughs> Can you tell me who was the first WBC middleweight champion? Uh, it it was so. not Carlos Manzan. Pepino Cuevas? Uh, he never or the first ever champion. Um, oh, what color? What? What? Uh, he was from Nigeria. His name was Dick Tiger. Dick Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've heard of Dick Tiger. Dick Tiger, two-time uh, champion. Dick Tiger uh, won it and then lost it to Joey Giardello. Um, and then he won, Dick Tiger won it back before losing it to Emil Griffin from Virgin Islands. Then it went to Nino Benavunetti. Uh, and then Carlos Manzan, who held it for uh, 1,190 days with nine title defenses. Wow. That's insane. 
a third longest champion behind uh, B Hop and Marvin Hagler, who held it from 1980 to 1987. Jeez. That's, that is a long ass run with that title. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like we said, the boxing schedule coming up here. I mean, we got a ton of good stuff this weekend. The twenty first, uh, Peter Quinn and Alfredo Angulo, Chris Colbert, Miguel Beltran Jr., Thomas Delorme, and Terrell Williams. Fox Sports One. Peter Petrov will be fighting on Facebook as well. Um, follow or closing out the month in on the twenty eighth. Errol Spence, Sean Porter, Anthony Durrell, David Benavidez. Oh, they're Boom, there we go. We get Darrell against Benavidez. He's back from his coke trauma. That should be awesome. Um, Mario Barrios Barrios is fighting uh, Bakhtir Akhmadov for the WBA regular junior welterweight, which is vacant. Justicito Lopez, John Molina Jr., and Robert Guerrero, Jerry Thomas. So, great show on uh, pay-per-view. I'm going to have to buy that. Uh, Hint, hint for anyone that wants to come watch it. Uh, So, I'm Mm. not alone and bored. I shouldn't say four. I think uh, I think Benavidez is going to crush Durrell. I think he will too. Benavidez was so good, and he was just so much bigger than everybody too. And he's fast though. I mean, like, and he's he's like he's fast and like he can put combinations together and stuff. Like he is, he's big and he's big and he's pretty skilled. So it should yeah, be I, it should be cool. I think he rolled him. Yeah. Nothing nothing against Durrell, but <laughs> I don't know if he's gonna beat him. Um, October fifth, Drevianchenko Golovkin. That's along with good. Ali Akhmadov on the card and Ivan Baranchuk as well. Uh same night, Clarissa Shields fighting Ivana Habazin on Showtime. Uh Jermaine Franklin, Pavel Sauer and Jericho O'Quill and James Smith on the undercard. Hank Blundy that night as well. Uh, kind of running through the rest of October real fast before we wrap up here. Um, on the couple of the zone shows uh, with some, some undercard type of guys, but could be fun to see some prospects. But the 12th, the week after, Alexander Usyk, Tyrone Sprong, and then a Dimitri Bavol fight uh, for Bavol's light heavyweight title. Also, Jessica McCaskill defending her WBA, WBC women's junior welterweights. I had heard before Kovalev Canelo happened, Bavol's camp was trying to get Canelo. And what? Yeah. I, I, I mean, I think, I think Bavol would probably be a, I think, and I, I also think Bavol money wise is worth the risk. I think at this point, I think at this point, Bavol is better than Kovalev in my opinion. And I, I mm-hmm. think that would be a much, I think that'd be a much more dangerous fight for Canelo. Like, yeah, I honestly, like, going up that I honestly high. think, yeah, I honestly think that Canelo like really sees something that he can exploit to where it's going to make him like, you know, really like 90%. Like he's, he's gotta be, he's gotta be very, very confident that he's going to go in and beat Kovalev based on what he's seen, like, out of Kovalev's last few fights, so. Well, that's the one thing, like you said, like, regardless of looking at Kovalev's age, kind of like you mentioned with Pacquiao, who even at the age still has it, Kovalev dominated the leader Alvarez in the rematch, who is a hell of a good fight. And Kovalev still has the power. He's got a new trainer, which, you know, I mean, we saw saw 
Golovkin leave Abel Sanchez. We saw Kovalev leave, uh, was named John, uh, J- John David Jackson. Is that the guy? Yep. Um, you know, sometimes you just need a fresh coat of paint. And after, a, you know, I mean, David, John David Jackson and, and Kovalev were together for so many fights that eventually you just, look, I lost three of my last five fights. I need to do something different. You know, no harm, yeah. no foul. You know, and, and Jackson, they interviewed him and he goes, Canelo must think that he's going to be able to punish that body to the point Kovalev can't fight. Cause he goes, you know, Kovalev still, if he hits you with that, with that hook, man, Andre Ward went down from that. Oh, I mean, and Kovalev has a <laughs> tremendous jab too when he uses it. You know, so he's Canelo's got to think, like you said, that he can withstand the power and that jab to hurt the body enough to to drop Kovalev. Yeah. And I mean, the money's right for it, and it sounds like Eddie Hearn is going to get one or two Kovalev fights in return for the fight after. So, I mean, Eddie Hearn's going to get to market Kovalev a couple times too. So it's, it's a win-win on his end too. Yeah. Um, on the, uh, on the uh, Leeds England ESPN plus show, October 13th, the Josh Warrington versus uh, Sophie Talkic fight for his featherweight title uh, on the undercard to be announced in a four round bantamweight fight against the one and only Muhammad Ali. That should be really fun to watch. Interesting. Is Cletus Seldon <laughs> fighting anytime soon? I wish. <laughs> October 18th, Alexander Vodzik, Archer Better Biev on ESPN. That will be a hell of a banger. <laughs> oh, yeah. my God. The leather is going to be ripped apart with those punches. Um, yeah. Also, Luis Colazzo on the undercard. Uh, another DAZN fight on the 19th. Uh, then on the 26th, a Shakur Stevenson fight. That, that can be kind of fun. Also, that night in London, Regis Prograce, Josh Taylor, which you brought up earlier, Joseph Parker's on the undercard against Derek Chisora, and a Ricky Burns-Lee Selby fight, which a, a London crowd might make that fight a lot better than it's going to be because they'll be yeah. so into Burns-Selby. Um, November 2nd, we continue to roll Miguel Burchelt, Jason Sosa for Belchert's Burchelt. I don't know why I couldn't say that correctly. Um, also on the undercard, Yerwin Antejas versus Jonathan Rodriguez. And Javier Molina's taking on Hiroki Okada, not the Rainmaker. Also that night, Sergey Kovalev, Canelo Alvarez for Kovalev's WBO light heavyweight title. If, if Canelo beats Kovalev, he's going to have a title at the same time in three weight classes. Yeah, that's nuts. Good Lord, this dude, man. Where's he gonna fight though? That's like I wonder where he's gonna like. Is he? Do you think he's moving up to see if he can fight at light heavyweight, so he doesn't have to like. So he doesn't really have to fight. Like, do you think he's gonna stay possibly stay at light heavyweight if he can handle it, so he doesn't have to fight like Charlo or Andrade or? Do you think maybe he's seeing if he can get out of the out of that weight class? I, you, you want me to make a, you want me to make a crazy statement? Sure. I wouldn't, I, I, I would be shocked if he beats Kovalev. After he beats Kovalev, he goes and takes that second or he takes the third Kovalev or Golovkin fight. And then just to do it, goes back to 168 and beats the shit out of Billy Joe Saunders for the WBO title. And just kind of goes, I can handle all three weight classes. Do you know why? Be bold. 
because he can be bolder. Like, be I mean, we we talk about how crazy what he's doing is right now, but I mean, if this guy can comfortably move between those weights because of how well he can hydrate, who's to say he doesn't try something crazy? Yeah. Look, I know it's I know it's a different sport, and I know it's a little different, but look at um. Oh, I can't think of his name now. Uh, MMA, the dude who could never beat John Jones, and it sucked because he's an awesome dude. Um, Cormier? Daniel Cormier. He was defending heavy and heavy and you know, the, the, the top two weight class titles for like half a year. He was yeah. taking fights. You know, it's, it's possible. And, man, if, if you're Kovalev and you can comfortably do it, what a better way to cement your legacy as an all-timer if you could bounce between two or three weight classes and could continue to retain your titles. That would be nuts. Like, like, there'd be no, like, there's no, there's like no knocking. You can't knock that. No. That's just crazy. So I don't know. That should be interesting. Um, November, <laughs> November 7th, Nonito Donaire against Naoya Inoue. That's the world I can't wait. That's going to be on the zone. I. Um, what do you think about that? What do you think about that fight? Look, man, I, I, I love the comeback story of Nonito Donaire. He goes back to uh, Bantamweight, where he probably should have stayed to begin with. Um, he's always been more comfortable at that division, and he's showing it right off the bat. But, I mean, you can go back three, four years ago. I've been talking about Naoyu anyway since day one. I will not back away from him. I think... I think he is pound for pound one of the top five fighters in the world. He just doesn't have the cred because you can't see him. Yeah. He's he's in a weird situation before this boxing super series that he got exposed to being able to fight names that Triple G was riding for a while where you just ain't going to get no one to fight you. And he every time he'd move up, Lomo would move up, whether it was ironic yeah. or not. It was like... And I love Lomachenko. I think he's. A, I, I think I've had. I have him number two in the world, behind Canelo, slightly over Crawford. But I just. I think Naoya anyway, man, is just on another level. Like, I've never seen a bantamweight in a long time who can hit that hard. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> dude's nickname is the monster. Like, can you imagine getting in a ring with a guy and they're like, here is the monster and he's just staring at you and then he throws speed combos and that power behind it and he's and he's at bantamweight? Yeah. It's just He's just a freak, man. It, it's kind of like, you know, I would love to see him with, with even more competition, just like Juan Hang Minyokin. That dude, man, you have to watch his fights on the most bootleg stuff, but holy crap, that dude goes in there like he looks like a rabid animal, like he's in the raid. The raid. Remember the guy who fights the two the uh, he fights Ico Oasis and his brother in like the ice cooler in the raid, and like yeah. the two guys can't even like that's what Juan Hang Meniosian is. He's like a he's like a, a like a honey badger. He just charges in there and just starts whipping people up. But no one's ever going to know because he's fighting at weird carnival-looking areas in Thailand, and he's just not on TV. Yeah. Which you would think more people would want to do that stuff. Look what happened when they put um, guys like Srisiket Sorung Vasai 
on, on TV or um, Chocolatito. Like, when they took a chance and put those guys on TV, they became stars. Yeah. You know, I, I guess Eddie, Her- Eddie Hearn at least has the right idea with Inouye, but, man, I just... I, I'm surprised nobody's grabbed Meniothi and, and tried to do something with him on TV. If, if you went to a random show in Vegas and, like, the semi-main event is some random guy with the longest name you've ever heard of, and then he comes out and just starts tearing a human being apart with his hands, you can't tell me that people aren't going to go, oh, my God, I need to see more of this. Yeah, no. They, they, they would love it. <laughs> you know, it's like... And remember, like those those Superfly shows were like the best things ever. That we kept asking for anyway on those. When we have yeah. uh, Quadras and Estrada and Rung Masai and Chocolatito and like those were they, they do a triple header of just those cards and they were some of the highest rated shows. Mm-hmm. So I, I just I miss that kind of stuff and I wish they would we would go for it more. Well, maybe we might then, get it. There's a lot of good stuff, man. There's a lot of really good fights coming up here in the next few months. Like this, the end this year is going to close. It's just just a remarkable stretch of of boxing. I mean, I I'm back into it. Like I said to you, man, we're in a spot where if we want to run standing eight count once a week, once every other week, I think we could do it. And like I said, October 25th uh, to be announced. It doesn't matter where in Thailand. Wan Hang Many Olsen against Simtue Konko. <laughs> I mean, many Oceans, I don't know what, what simple way Conco is, but uh, <laughs> many Oceans gonna be like, I right, hold, hold my beer. <laughs> hold my beer. What about P, what about knockout PK Freshmart or whatever? Yeah, knock, knockout CP Freshmart. He's tight too. Yeah. <laughs> that dude, wasn't he the one that looked like Manny Pacquiao? Yeah. I'm trying to, to Google this guy. Um, let's see. His name is Simp Iwi. Let's see. S I M P I W E. Con. Con. Conco. Um, he's, he's South African. Uh, he is uh, 19 and 5. I can't tell you. I can't tell you to even. His first ten fights were not even documented, so uh, that's where a bunch of his losses. His he his only documented loss was against Hecky Budler, which is the okay. biggest name he's probably fought. Yeah. And that was a unanimous decision in 2015. I can't tell you any of these other guys he's fought. Uh, he, he had a no decision with Joey Canoy. Um. South Africa, but yeah, I mean he's he, he's he's taking on Wan Hang, who I mean somebody. I'm looking at a picture of him. this guy. His nickname is the Wolf. The Wolf. Yeah, he's 53 and 0. Wow. And he's only 33. <laughs> Jeez. Dude, okay. <laughs> January 2017, March 2017, June 2017. August 2017, November 2017, May 2018, August 2018, November 2018. This dude just fights all the time. <laughs> He's just like, let me at him. <laughs> let me at him. Give me this some dude more. has had 
this will be his 21st fight since March of 2014. Jeez. <laughs> I can't wait. He's gonna. He's gonna. I think this is the one. The last one I watched was the Mechtasad Marganti. No, it was against Leroy Estrada. That was the one I sent you. That was from May of last year when he TKO'd him in the fifth. Yeah, I think I remember that. That was bad. <laughs> Dude, he is. Man, he's, he's good, man. I'm excited. Um, yeah, I mean, 53 at all. Eddie, I mean, he's like, I will fight. The one. I will fight anytime, anywhere. And, and that's one Anybody. of those things, too, where I don't think it's fair to, to – you know, people go, wow, who has he fought? Well, okay, he's a straw weight. It's not his fault. Yeah. He's like 108 pounds. Yeah. You know, he's, he's he's going in there and he's fighting people in his weight classes that are professional fighters and he's annihilating people. <laughs> I mean, what else do you want to <laughs> <have them? laughs> I mean, 53, 53 and 0 is pretty, uh, pretty good, pretty good accomplishment. He's um because if you weren't that good, you probably would lose some. some, I mean, the probability of you losing sometime within fifty three fights, if you're if you're like not that good, you know that is pretty high. He's uh he's defended and retained the WBC strawweight title eleven times now. Wow. (laughs) And he was he was also the. He he was the vacant international champion where he defended that six times until he must have thrown it in a garbage can and then went for the real one. <laughs> <laughs> he he treated the new or the actual one, one like loot in Borderlands. He's like, oh yeah, give me that one instead. <laughs> give me that one, that one. I don't want this one. <laughs> um, so we we're we're extensively over. We're almost at the two and a half hour mark here, so. I think that was a nice little comeback. A little rocky at first, but I think we recovered very well as we usually do getting into boxing. We had some fun baseball talk, too. Um, yeah, I'm excited, man. We got more coming I'm at you. I'm not going Basketball, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little little rusty on basketball. That's okay. We we made up for it in the boxing. I think, I think we had a great... I, and, and look, I mean, standing eight counts kind of our thing. I'm I'm all for... You know, we continuing to roll with the Sportscast Radio. I love doing it. Um, it you know, it was it was the trend center that started it all. Um, slow planning, I guess, is maybe, maybe instead of jumping around randomly on it. But hey, boxing, we got that on lock. Uh, speaking of getting on lock here, uh, before this week is over, um, might be might be tomorrow night. Otherwise, we might do it Saturday night. Uh, got to kind of figure out. It'll be sometime before the week's over. Maybe Friday. But me and Alex, uh, night two of our WrestleCast radio doubleheader, we covered all the American uh, America stuff. And the next show, we're going straight Puro. We're talking Dragon Gate, New Japan, All Japan, uh, a little stardom, maybe some DDT. So we, we're doing coming straight All Japan show for you guys uh, before the week is over. I believe next Sunday, trying to get back into the regular time slot. Elijah and Jordan will be back for sure. I might tag along with them as well. But we'll get that back going, and me and Elijah are going to get standing eight count figured out here 
to kind of kind of get everything rolling here, get back on track. So, thank you all yeah. for listening. Um, thanks for swinging on with me tonight. I'm glad we could make this happen. Had a fun show. Um, now I'm going to go do some uh, some Xbox, I think, for a little bit before I crash out for the night. So we're listening on the <laughs> the run over as uh, we've not been live for about 20 minutes. Thank you all for podcast listening and uh, keep a lookout, man. We're back on tracks. Strong Style Media. Peace out. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.